Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Kevin Patterson, P2P Real Talk, Midwest Macro in the house on your radio, TV, whatever, laptop, whatever you got going on. <laughs> it is that time. <clears throat> and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug free sponsorship foundation in the world. And if you are a drug free athlete and looking for a solid foundation to stand on, and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mac trusty ice cream. Check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now, let's chit chat with the banter. Hello, hello, hello. Is everyone there? Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good. <laughs> How are you? Happy post Christmas. Right? When did you say June? <laughs> oh, it seems like it. And I can't believe that 2019 is just a few short days away. Yes. Where did the time but I go? Feel like, I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like you just have some exciting news. That you're going to be ringing in the new year with, that I know listener land is excited to hear about from you. Oh, no, my messenger already blew up for uh, the post I did about my Christmas uh, portrait, I think the best way to say it. It was a, one of the armor bearers at our church was nice enough to make a, a Christmas portrait for me with one of the pictures he had taken. And he's a, he's a you know him. You, if anybody's followed my page, you know Patrick Johnson is the armor bearer at our church, and he's really good with tech tech stuff. And he's always messing around with different apps and links, and he just loves that stuff. He really gets into it. Uh, he does the sound stuff at our church, you know, for the microphones, and he you know, help with the the choir and singing and the music. So he just he's always he's, his hands into something, and it's always a good thing that comes from. And he took a really nice picture, and he, he captured a moment that was just uh, spectacular. I had my, my niece and my, my sister-in-law at the church and also my girlfriend, and he just said, well, you two stand by yourself because we don't have anything with just you two because we're always, you know, in the mix of taking pictures with everyone and, you know, interacting with everybody because we're uh, very active in the church, and it's just a blessing to have someone to share life with right now. And I think that's what you're alluding to. If I am uh, mistaken, let me know. I am. I am. I am. So let's, you know, have let's have a name. Let's have, you know, share. <laughs> share so we can share in your joy with you. Yes, ma'am. And I will. Her name is Sister Ashley Yancey. And um, I've, I've actually, I know we're quite known with each other. We just never knew uh, we would look at each other in that fashion. It was uh, one of those friendships that uh, grew, and it was a blessing from that. And she has a very uh, Christian background. Her parents and my, my parents were very uh, in, very active in, in, in our respective churches. She had, hers was Mount Calvary. Mine, obviously, was Glen Grove. And it's just, uh, it's just been a blessing because, like, you don't find – Spiritually active people, I guess the best way to say it. Like, there's a lot of people that go to church, and then there are people that basically are active in the Word. And I have learned that that's a big, big difference. I know people that see people going to the same church and say, well, you know, that's that's the member of that church, but they basically sit in the pew. And I liken it to people that, you know, go to work, and you got some people that work for their pay, and then the people that show up and basically fill a space and with the hope of getting a paycheck at the end of the week. I, I've been active in my, my praise and my worship and my servitude to Christ, and it was I needed someone that was of that genre and of that and my same mindset, and also that was very active in being uh, addressing the temple, which would be our bodies, because I've been so active in fitness that it's kind of crazy. And uh, I just wanted to have somebody that would understand that. So when you are being a servant of Christ, there's no threat to her womanhood or, or our relationship or anything else. 
because you know that if you're living in the heart of Christ, you're going to be put in situations that look a little bit odd and different, but you still got to do them because if you love your Lord and Savior, then that's uh, what's got to happen. And it, I, I don't like to do those things with uh, someone that doesn't understand what's going on, but since they, you know, you have somebody that, that does, you you can be more secure in making the things happen that need to happen and still show your service to Christ. And uh, I'm really happy about it. I really am. And I I I, I don't know. I, I guess I could blush, even though I have melanin, but it happens, and I could feel the heat coming around my neck and face. So, yeah, this is a happy time for me. And I, I thank God that my season of uh, singlehood is, uh, has passed, and I just look forward to the future, and I know that God's going to, you know, as long as I keep addressing him as the man, and 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 in being in my life and in being my father, then he'll let me be a man to her, and to anybody that I interact with. With that, who I'm praying for strength, guidance, patience, and perseverance, because the adversary hates happiness, and he does everything to destroy it. So if I'm mindful of that, then I already know what's coming, and I just pray strength that uh, I make the right choices to protect her, and anybody else that uh, is being blessed by her through God. How about that? <laughs> I think that's fantastic. So very happy for you, and uh, I'm glad now that we can we can chat about it with not have this little secret looming around there. Not that it's really been a secret, but um, you know, family right. members have to have to share in the joy and all of that stuff too yeah. before we can. But now when he makes references to Ashley or his girlfriend, everybody will know who he's talking about, right? Right. So there we go. And if you get the picture, they were both very cute. They were both dressed in red, already twinning. Look at that. (laughs) Very cute couple. Winning, twinning, yes. Winning, twinning and winning. So there you have it. So congratulate the KP on his newfound love and you know, we wish him all the best in those endeavors, just as he was saying. Um, <clears throat> and before I forget, sorry, I've got this. I know, I've got this, this scratchiness in my throat. And I tell you what, I have been struggling today. I don't know what I did last night. I must have slept wrong, but my trap, my right side has been giving me fits. And I've been adjusted, and I'm rolling around with rapid fire, which is... Uh, I guess kind of like uh, Ben Gay or something like that to kind of heat that muscle up and loosen it up, and I'm going to have to get out my lacrosse ball tonight and really roll that on there. But I've been in a little bit of pain. I you have, got the foam roller? But uh, yeah, I've got the foam roller, so I'm going to have to do that too and just try to get back on the mend. And that's not what well, I meant to ramble on about. But I take your warm oh, towel around it and massage it in. And uh, yes. Linda says, AKP is actually going to be a competitor. Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, we haven't talked about that. I mean, I, she knows that I'm in the industry and in the business, obviously. But I don't want to have her any, have any culture shock when a woman's asking about bikini bites. So, you know, that, that stuff has uh, already been spoken about, and she's obviously seen a lot of the competitors that visit the gym because she's a member of the, the gym I, I, I work. And I I know she knows how to prep food because she's uh, keeping herself healthy, but I don't know if she's done uh, a prep diet for a competitor. So I I guess I'll let you know next show. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that one. It's kind of cute. Um, anyway... Awesome. And thanks for the advice there on the shoulder. I'm going to have to work that out. Um, one quick thing, don't because I didn't mean to ramble on about burning. Don't do what? Don't microwave the foam roller. It will burn and explode. Oh, <laughs> I can't fit my foam roller in the microwave. I, I, so never I definitely thought about won't. <laughs> but there you have it. I, uh, I definitely won't do that. But you know, some other good. Um, remedies that you could put in the microwave is you can use rice and put that in a sock or cherry pits are also another good one now it's really hard to come up with a lot of cherry pits and they can tend to um, 
ooze if you during don't the clean really, really well. Um, well, during the winter, maybe oh, for, yeah, not okay. for everybody, but for me. But, um, you maybe. know, you can heat those up in the microwave and put those on a sore body part, lower back, you know, if you're having back pain and those sorts of things too. So those are things that you can put in the microwave, and that is good. Um, and the only reason I brought that okay. up is because okay. I moved wrong uh-huh. and I had this shooting pain in my neck. Go ahead, yes. KP. All right. Yes. Linda says, uh, uh, Corey's got to get on the ball, chop, chop. <laughs> Don't worry. I've already enlisted him uh, later tonight. He's going to be working on that tough spot for me. So, like I said, I'm going to okay. get my lacrosse ball out, but I'm not going to be the one rolling it. <laughs> so, yes, I've got to get the hubs in the action of getting me back on the mend here because this is no bueno. So, thanks for yeah. all of the uh, the oh, recommendations, guys. Or yep, no wow, doubt. So okay. What 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 what? Yeah, they're not giving him any slack on that. They said she she's <laughs> too beautiful not. to be in such pain. Okay, oh, there we go. I'm telling you what. Thank you, thank you uh, so uh, much. Okay, the but women no, are surrounding the, the wagons, and uh, they're circling the wagons. Guys, I need you to jump in and uh, save for Corey because uh, he's not getting any slack on this. <laughs> Hey, no, no, Corey is not even off of work yet, so he's going to be ready to do his part, no doubt. Don't worry. I've, you know, I've already informed him. I've got sympathy, so I know he's going to be helpful there. But I just, you know, we got to connect after the podcast. So one thing, guys, before before we, yeah, before we persecute Corey, because he's 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 going to do his part. He's a good guy. There you go. Um, tomorrow night. We are on a podcast with our sister P4P podcaster. So if you want to catch the uh, D and KP show, um, we are going to be on, and we're going to be covering her top three shows of 2018. So Melinda Spencer and um, 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. We're going to be posting that link on the uh, P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin Facebook page, so check for it there. We'll also post it on our Midwest Muscle page. So if you want to tune in tomorrow, which is Friday, December 28th, we're going to be uh, recapping Melinda's top three shows of 2018. And not to be outdone, next week, Kaylin and I are going to start our annual top 10 countdown of the most interviews of 2018. So it's usually a two-day show. We recap five shows on Tuesday and the final five on Thursday. So you're going to want to check that out with us then. Um, And, yeah, we're already going to be rolling into the new year, which I cannot even believe. But that is part of what we're going to be talking about with our guest tonight. She's no stranger to P4P Real Talk or to natural bodybuilding. And we are talking about Andrea Castillo. She's got a little bit of a cold, but she's still going to try and hang in here with us tonight. So, Andrea, please say hello to all the listeners out there as best you can. Hello. (laughs) I am really, really, really sick. So if I stop talking, it's because I'm having a coughing fit. Um, Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to be on with you guys tonight. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Oh, yeah. I know. It has been way too long, way too long. So, well, hopefully you got your glass of water sitting next to you. But, you know, 2019 is almost here. And I know if anybody knows of the scuttle of things that maybe we can anticipate or trends coming up in 2019, you are the person, Andrea, who knows those details. Who knows those details? So. I know, or maybe I'm maybe I'm hyping this too much, but I have a feeling like you know something that we can be expecting or we should be looking for or watching for in 2019. I do I do know something? Some things have not publicly been announced yet, um, so I can't really speak on those. I was kind of hoping before no. this uh, episode <laughs> that they would be public and we could discuss them further, but I don't want to let my inside scoop kind of tarnish the wood, so shall we say, too early. Um, I have 
spoken to quite a few different um, organization leaders, and I know that there's some changes. I know that there are some organizations that are taking a different approach this year, and they are going to be reaching into areas that are not um, currently being utilized on the natural circuits. So that is going to help athletes a lot. Um, I know that some organizations will be coming into different areas. Um, I have been watching, like, the WNBF. They're um, going to be having a show uh, in Los Angeles that they're adding. Um, there's a few different um, additional locations for them. Uh, WPA is going to be going into Georgia. They're also going to be expanding internationally. And uh, Tanya Penalosa is looking at doing a show in the Philippines for 2020. Um, I talked to Kent from the AMBF, and he um, is going to be uh, also jumping into new locations. Um, he's going to go back to Texas. Um, I think he's got one that's coming in to Delaware. Um he was looking at Colorado, but uh, for this year, uh, for 2019, I think that that's not going to be able to be accomplished. But um, he has a couple more locations. Uh, yeah, he's going to do Dover, Delaware on 11:16, and Johnson City, New York on 11:9. So he's expanding out into areas where there currently are no shows. Um, New York does have a lot of shows, but they're concentrated in Buffalo. Um, it's actually extremely saturated for some reason in Buffalo. I think for 2018, there were 10 to 12 shows, natural shows, um, in Buffalo alone. That was absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. I think a few of them ended up having to cancel the events. Um, one city cannot support that many shows. So, I'm glad that organization leaders and promoters are really reaching out into areas that are not uh, covered currently and expanding the territory for naturals. Wow, there is a lot. So even though you couldn't um, share some of the other scuttle, there are a lot of new things happening on the horizon, and they all, like, allude to growth in the sport. So I always think that's a good thing or new opportunities or, you know, just taking the sport into other places that it may not necessarily have been before. So I think that is fantastically awesome. Um, but before we get way too far, uh, folks out there in listening land, it looks like there is something going on with the um, blog talk website. Um, it looks like, um, our message board has just crashed, and Kaylin is diligently working on that behind the scenes to get things back up. So what I would suggest is if, um, you know, you're having a hard time submitting a question, um, try to connect with us on Facebook, the P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin page, um, and submit your questions there. Um, I'm also going to quickly here, sorry if it sounds like I'm pausing, I'm trying to do this and talk at the same time, but also on the P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin, I'm going to throw up again the link to tonight's show uh, so you can click on that directly and see if you can't um, get reconnected. So I'm going to throw it out there. It's not going to be pretty, but you're going to see it. You're going to see the phone number where you can at least dial in to listen in if for some reason you're having troubles with the link. And, again, if you do want to submit a question or leave a comment with us, um, go ahead and do that at the P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin Facebook page, and you can just directly message us there. I'm trying to hit the publish button, and I think it just went. So, um, we will, you know, we will we'll see how things going. And for the over 50,000 folks that have been trying to interact with us tonight, we say thank you. You know what? We haven't done in a long time, Palin. We haven't done a shout-out to all of the different countries that have tuned in recently. So we're going to have to pick yeah. that up. 
I don't know if we're going to get that going tonight with all the issues we're having, but we definitely need to do that because we are around the world. And as Andrea was saying, there are organizations taking more shows to other countries, and I think that's fantastic. Now, we know that this year in 2018, DFAC was supposed to have been expanding. Um, We know that the OCB, um, OCB, I'm thinking of the PBNA, um, they are international as well. Is the OCB going into other countries? Am I making that up, or have I heard that somewhere? Andrea, um, Kalen, somebody I, help me out there. Matt has me blocked because I asked too many questions about the polygraph, so I haven't really oh. uh, followed OCB much in the last year. Um, I'm waiting for him to unblock okay, me, then. but uh, I did see that the WNBF just, um, signed an agreement with Argentina. Sweet. Oh, wow. So, Wait, oh, you um, know who it was? Was it the NGA who was going into Italy or expanding or expanding their presence in Italy if they're already there? I feel like NGA oh. in Italy is something that's stuck in my brain. Somebody did make an announcement just recently about Italy, but it could be NGA. I'm not 100% certain on that one. But somebody did make oh the announcement gosh. that they were going to um, Italy. I know that ICN, uh-huh. which is big in Australia, um, they will be partnering up with um, a couple of different organizations, which is going to be pretty cool, in my opinion, because they have strong presence you know, in Australia and several other countries internationally, that they're going to be teaming up with a couple of at least one, possibly two different organizations within the United States to have a joint show. Um, Whoa, okay. Now, how they're going to work that out, I'm not exactly quite sure, but uh, I think that that's awesome when two organizations that can come together internationally and have a presence in the United States because it happens more frequently internationally. Um, In the United States, there's pretty much – Animosity sometimes between organizations ego. and right. yeah, ego, um, financial interests. Because, I mean, ultimately you do have to cover your expenses. And when you bring in two organizations to try and promote one show, um, you kind of do have to know where your boundaries are going to be as far as the financial aspect because you can't have one organization come in and showcase and collect all of the fees and then the other one signed the agreement because say they're in the United States already and then after the event something happens and one organization is on the hook for the finances while the other one collected. So it is kind of difficult at times to get that settled but if you know the agreements can be made and official and they can get along well, and they know what to expect of each other, I think it's great to be able to have that opportunity in the U.S. I'm liking the sound of that. And uh, we we definitely need to grow in a good way. So obviously, and uh, maybe this will finally put the end to the myth of saying that natural bodybuilding is dying or either dead because this is living proof that there's growth happening even as we're speaking, and this is considered the off-season. So before we go any further, Andrea, I got to say it's good to hear your voice even though you're struggling with it. And I hope you had a Merry Christmas, and I hope Ed's doing well, and I just let Gabby know that I miss it. Oh, I'll tell her when I go back inside. I had to lock myself in the car to talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh-oh. I won't make you laugh too much. All right, you sip your water. But with that being said, all of this talk about what's going on internationally, it just I'm going to have to get out there and do my homework. And I think we're just going to have to have an international update show where we can get all of our facts pulled together and just really I talk like about of all of the different opportunities that are out there on the international front. I mean, not only for, you know, the – American athletes that might want to broaden their horizons and, you know, compete abroad, but also for our international listeners who may not know where they can go to participate in natural bodybuilding in their country. 
maybe not even in their cities or province or whatever it might be, but, you know, it can maybe get them one step closer to getting involved if that's something that they would like to do. So I'm, uh, I might have to be on a mission, on a mission to do that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, go ahead. What I would say is it's definitely beneficial. I mean, in the United States, there's a couple of trends that I've seen. There are people that can compete locally to themselves. They don't really travel. Whether they win a pro card or not, it really isn't their goal. They just use it as um, something to look forward to and be a part of locally where their friends and family can come to compete. Then you have a different Mm -hmm. demographic of athletes that compete all over the United States based on the location, based on an organization, and based on their time frame. Um, then you have those that travel internationally. Now, I can tell you right now that the international circuit is way bigger coming into the United States than the United States going to travel internationally to compete. Um, Yes. They get hundreds, hundreds. You know, there's a lot Um, more in the NBA. Yeah, it's a smaller group. Yeah, it's a smaller group, mostly out of the PNBA, um, that does go travel internationally to compete. Um, but there are many more that come to the United States to compete. Now, whether that's because they've always wanted to come to the United States, whether it's, you know, a destination location for them to compete, I don't really know. But I do know that the international shows are pulling a lot bigger numbers. Now, that is probably because they have a lot less shows. They have a lot less mm-hmm. organizations. Um, but I think it's very interesting for people who are within the sport to really look internationally and see what the trends are, to see what organizations are available. And I think that it would be a great topic for you guys to discuss because in the United States, um, I would say maybe 30% to 40% of the organizations have some type of international affiliate, Um, either Canada or a much larger international presence. Like I think at WNBF World, they had 25 countries represented. Um, At the Olympia this year, the National Olympia this year, I don't know exactly the number, um, because uh, I didn't go, but they always have a, a decent size international presence. Um, and actually, that show is probably more respected internationally than it is domestically, which I've talked hmm. to Denny about in the past, and I find that very interesting. But internationally, I mean, their goal is to get to the Natural Olympia and to compete in the United States. Um, there are far more international athletes that I've noticed over several years that compete at the Natural Olympia than there are domestic athletes. And that, to me, is a bad indicator on our behalf here in the States. Now, this year, there were three huge year-end shows all on the same date. A couple of years ago, that wasn't the problem because you had the no. Wharton one weekend, you had, um, which would have been the IFPA, then you had DFAC the next weekend, then you had the Natural Olympia the next weekend, you had NGA in there after that, you had WNBF Worlds uh, yes. in October, you had um, ANBF, which, believe it or not, is on their seventh year. Um, they're down in December in Key West, um, and then you had NGA, which was also in late November in Florida. So they mm-hmm. were staggered. They weren't on top of each other. Um, sometimes people say, oh, it's because of the competition level. I personally don't think that that's the case. I think I that it has to do with, uh, the dates of availability, to be quite honest. Sometimes they don't look at other people's schedule. However, they should and go back to the routine that was a few years ago, in my opinion. So, like, for example, Ed, we did 
two or three shows, year-end shows, weekend after weekend after weekend. Yep. Um, I, I mean, and if you're traveling internationally, that's really how you have to stack it if you were trying to be in the States for, you know, the most efficient amount of time. It's to be able to go from one show to another show just to make good use of your time and your trip to the States, even though you might have to travel in between cities. And, yeah, it's really rough to go from peak week to peak week, but, you know, if you're coming from Australia to the States, that's kind of how you got to get it done. Yeah, there were a lot of Australian athletes, actually, that would hit up the Natural Olympia, which is always the second weekend of um, November. Um, and then a, it was the following week that they would go straight to um, Vegas to compete in WrestleMania. Um, yeah. And then they would hit up another show. They would hit up three shows within the United States because they would come for a month or six weeks at a time. And they would hit up the Natural Olympia, WrestleMania, and another, like, smaller, not year-end show, but a more of a regional or whatnot show. Um, and some of them even did shows in Florida. Some would hit up a show in Hawaii. Um they definitely, when they travel internationally, they stay long enough that they typically hit up more than one show. And it's the year-end yes. finals that they're coming for. Well, we got a question. And this one's coming from Laura. And she's saying, she's asking, what is the importance of, what is the importance of having international shows? And, and you know, what, is, what can it bring to the natural community? I'll let Andreas take a tackle of that, and uh, Dad, you can follow up, and I'll bring it home. Um, as far as what I've seen, okay, so for the Natural Olympia, I've been many times. The international athletes are actually what make the Natural Olympia special. Um, once you realize that language barriers can be um, – you know, how can I say it? Person to person, it can be kind of complicated, but thanks to social mm-hmm. media, especially Facebook, you can hit translate and still be able to communicate. Now, I have yes. made, my husband and I have made friends from all over the globe. We have friends in Italy, France, Belgium, Australia, um, all over. Um, Mexico. Um, South Africa, I mean, Italy, everywhere. And it's amazing because even after we separate and we're not together for a week or two, then we can still communicate internationally, even though we don't speak the same languages, and we can hit translate. And, like, I have friends that are in Australia, and even though there's about a 14-hour time difference, we can call each other on Facebook and keep in touch. And you kind of learn to expand your horizons personally within the sport. And you begin to realize that those that compete internationally, they compete to win. It's not a joke to them. Um, The level of competition is completely different. You must bring your A game if you are going to beat any of the international athletes. Um, there, hands down, the competition level rises to the top when you compete with international athletes, especially at the year-end shows, whether it's DFAC Worlds in Miami, whether it's the Natural Olympia, whether it's WNBF Worlds, or any of the other ones that bring in a big um, international presence. Hands down, the level of competition, you have to push yourself to be your very best. What we see in the United States, we see, see, we're in the Midwest. So, and I've been all over the United States. I can tell you, hands down, the majority of athletes that have the best physiques come from the Midwest. Now, whether that is because we have tougher competition, better trainers, better philosophies, I don't really know. But there is a different look from the Midwest to the East Coast to the West Coast. Yeah. Um, And hands down, the Midwest will push boundaries. 
um, when it comes to the better physique. Um, and it's that level that has to even be pushed further when it comes to the international competition. So you have the yes. friendly atmosphere. You have the new friendships that are developed with a commonality of a sport and a passion for something. And then you have the social media aspect where you can stay in touch after the event is over and still be able to communicate and talk. Even if there is a language barrier, you just hit translate on Facebook. It's been one of the most exciting aspects of the sport for me. I mean, I've met people, like I said, all over all over the East Coast, Midwest, everywhere. But the international athletes, there's just something special about them. Plus, I would know, and I would... the money that was spent to come here. True, yes. Yeah. And I would say, too, that I think Andrea's hit it straight on the head, the nail on the head as far as what can international competition bring to the sport of natural bodybuilding. And it really is just that boundary pushing. I mean, it raises everybody's game. You're not just, you know, competing against the fish in your own little pond. There are oceans upon oceans out there, and it just broadens everyone's perspective, its experience, its exposure. It's all of those things. And if you recall, oh, it's probably going on about a year and a half, two years now, um, when we had Justin Figura from Australia, and he was talking about the conditioning of their amateur athletes as compared to ours. And, um, you know, from his perspective, their amateurs are coming in far larger and more conditioned than here in the States. Now, once they get to the pro levels, it kind of evens itself out. But, you know, if you've got amateurs competing against, you know, a pool of amateurs that are already a little bar above, uh, you know, United States versus Australia in this scenario, then that's going just to drive the U.S. competitors become even better, which then drives other U.S. competitors competing against ourselves to be that much better. And that's just what prompts healthy competition, a healthy sport, competitors, a reason to keep driving and improving. And, you know, just the learning that you can get from other athletes around the world, I think, just enhances the sport as well. I mean, I just think the more competition you can have, more competitors you have, more perspectives and experience that you can draw upon, it's just good for everyone altogether. KP? Well, I, I'm going to take it to, to the uh, another part of it, and that is, you know, we, like Andrea was saying, we, we talk about this and we say, you know, it's a good hobby to have. And like she was uh, talking about earlier, for the international athletes, this is a sport they're dedicating a big portion of their day, their lives, their diet, and everything else into being the best. And when you when you look at it more from a sport perspective as compared to a hobby ideal, then you'll see that, you know, when you step on an international stage, you really don't have a clue what competition is until you see what these guys and gals are bringing because they're coming the hardest, their best, because they had to win just to come over here. And it, it, it's yeah. shocking when you see that kind of level of competition. And, I, you know, I was humbled. I, I was incredibly humbled by how hard they were doing backstage, by how hard they're preparing, you know, because these are things that I was taking for granted. And to see them, you know, to have a pump-up room, and, and what they're they're doing in that pop-up room because it's so new to them. Because, you know, they basically just had so minuscule things to work with backstage, and then now they're, you're basically being put in a playground. And you don't know which toy to play with first because everything's going to bring out their best because they've already brought a better package. And I'm not saying that the, 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 the American athletes aren't doing their due diligence but they don't really understand the importance of what we have laid out in front of us daily to bring a much better package. The guys that do and the women that do and are just dedicated to get that first-place trophy because they're going to bust their behind and they're not going to leave any stone unturned, they will shine with the international athletes. But the ones that are basically doing this yep. from a hobby perspective, 
they are humbled immediately. And, and, you know, sometimes they're just realizing, you know, I was not ready. And I've seen it break a lot of hearts. I've seen a lot of athletes that could have been amazing but have their hearts broken on an international stage because they just weren't prepared. Andrea, I'm sure you've seen that as well. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, The other thing that we don't see here is that some of the international athletes, they actually represent their countries. So when they return home, some of them have lineups of people waiting for them at the airports. They can have um, government officials waiting for them to return at the airports, especially, say, for example, I'm going back to the Natural Olympia. Um, If they have come in to compete at the Natural Olympia to represent their country and they have earned a medal because they only place the top three. You earn gold, silver, or bronze, and that's it. Everybody else is on a dead fourth place. I mean, yeah, that's race, but, I mean, those are the three that basically get put up on the pedestal. And if you are lucky enough to be from some of these smaller international countries that have sent a representative to represent their country and they place there, some of these return home um, athletes are basically worshipped. They have yes, a welcome party at these airports when they arrive. Now, we don't have that here in the United States. Maybe it's because our countries are so much larger and everyone's spread out. You know, we have tons of airports where they might have one or, you know, five or less airports in their entire country. So for them, it is something like a huge monumental feat to be able to not only make it to the U.S. to compete and represent their country, but then they have succeeded and brought home um, a title or a uh, placement at this. And they are very, very, very much uh, well-recepted. I mean, the receptions for them can be amazing. It's different. I mean, everything about the international um, scale is on another playing field, especially with some of the international countries. Wow, just a lot to consider, a lot to think about. But, you know, guys, it's it's a big world out there. And natural bodybuilding, while we might be a small part of it at the moment, we are, you know – making inroads around the world, and I think that's exciting because, you know what, steroids are also around the world, so everybody needs to know what their options are and that there are alternatives if you don't want to go the enhanced route. Um, So just think about that and keep that in mind. Wherever you're listening from, natural bodybuilding can be an option for you. It might not be readily available or easy depending on where you live and where the next major city is and all of that kind of stuff, but it is there. It is growing, so you can find it, um, and uh, hopefully maybe we can get a show going, get the right resources going to uh, help you guys get closer to what you are hoping to accomplish. Uh, KP? Yeah, there's one thing that you brought up, and it's, it's a good point. And topic is that is the 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 idea of steroids because you know here we have an option, but when you talk about a country where that's not even a thought, they are driven to be natural athletes because that's what they know and do, and if they live that lifestyle without the distraction of what if, I mean these these people are basically bringing their absolute best because they didn't have any absolute distraction that would take them from it. It it's when you think about the mindset of what it takes to do hard work and, and, and be the best in the sport, anything that becomes a distraction takes away from the potential of what you could have been or what you could be. And if you don't have it, I mean, you take away any distraction and your focus is that much better. And so you have natural athletes showing their absolute best because they didn't have any distraction like a steroid or a growth hormone 
or insulin or any other thing that's being out there in the market right now. Uh, SARMs, you know, is basically destroying people's body. So, you know, they don't have to worry about that stuff because it's not introduced to them. You know, it's almost like um, finding a new country and, and basically having nothing but paradise all around you. And all you got to do is, is, you know, work the land and you'll be blessed because of it. That's what these athletes are coming in with and the mindset to even talk about steroids is so foreign to them, and, you know, no pun intended, but it's it, it's incredible to watch a natural athlete at their absolute best with a natural mindset with no idea of uh, things that would poison your body or would kill an organ or, you know, something like that because they, they don't even think about, they don't even think in that fashion. Yes? And there you have it. So, hey, I want to um, touch on something that, that's kind of along that in the international aspect. I know about three to four international athletes that come to the U.S. to compete naturally because in their country they don't even have natural shows. They have bodybuilding competitions, but they're all steroids. And they don't want to compete against them. They don't want to take the steroids. So they save... Sometimes it takes them a couple of years, but they save to come to the United States to compete in natural bodybuilding. So I don't want anybody in the U.S. to ever underestimate power that social media has for natural bodybuilding. Now, we're coming up to the end of the year. There's going to be some changes. I can tell you that much. There's going to be some shifting. There's going to be Motors that are leaving one organization and aligning with another organization. There'll be people that are from uh, a board that may be leaving an organization. They may or may not team up with somebody else. It is part of doing business. Um, sometimes lives take over. People can't promote because they have something going on in their lives. Sometimes there's disagreements with how an organization should be ran within the organization. Um, You have someone that has more power than somebody else, and the more powerful person legally has the opportunity to take that where they want it to go, so someone else leaves. Um, Sometimes there are just, you know, people that have been friends for a long time and have had a falling out. It's not a problem within the sport. It's just going to be changes. There will be changes coming in 2019. Some of them may fly under the radar and people may never find out about them. Other ones will probably come to light and be a surface. And I really would hate to see people take to social media, which they have done in the past, and run with it because they don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. Uh, people mm-hmm. get divorces every day. So it really isn't anything that should be seen outside of normal businesses that have people come and go. Things are done at the end of the year. So 2019, we'll have some announcements coming out within different organizations of changes. It's no different than adding international affiliates, dropping international affiliates because those international affiliates now want to align with someone else um, or because they've established a better or a longer relationship with somebody else. Things change. It doesn't necessarily mean the sport is changing. One thing that I have uh, not heard about is a new major addition to a category. Now, I think we'll stick with the four for women being standard operating procedure in all of the bigger organizations, which would be bikini, figure, women's physique, and some still have bodybuilding. Others have dropped it completely and are forcing women into women's physique. Then you'll have the four major ones for men, which would be um, your physique, classic physique, men's bodybuilding. Some are doing sports model, um, Sometimes, I mean, different organizations offer different things. So if you just like certain categories and you don't want any other categories to be offered, look for an organization that fits your need. If you want to try something because 
it's just on a bucket list. It keeps you in shape and fit, and it's in your local area, and you want to try something, then go do that show. But don't sit on social media and bash, this shouldn't be allowed, or that shouldn't be allowed, or why are they doing this? And I don't want that at the show that I'm going to. Don't go to that show. We have more options in the United States for opportunity to compete in natural bodybuilding. There's probably 20 or less major organizations. Now, on social media, people say, oh, there's 50-plus organizations. Some are regional. You know, to feed into, say, for example, the IPE, they have five amateur affiliates. They all feed into the IPE, but each one has basically boundaries. They're not set within stone, but those are the territories that they cover. They have one in Canada. They have one on the West Coast. They have one in the Midwest, which we're most familiar with, which is NAMBF. They have affiliates NSF in Texas and down south, and then they have WPA out on the East Coast, and then they have um, another one I can't think of right off the top of my head. But they have international. Uh, um, they have five affiliates. Each one basically covers the territory of the United States, and then ISPA pushes get coordinated throughout the United States, paired with those amateur affiliates. Um, there's one that has just a handful of shows, but they have shows in, like, Montana and Alaska. You know, it's territory that other organizations don't cover. Um, the ANBF, they're mostly East Coast. WPA is mostly East Coast. NGA is scattered throughout the United States. WNBF, IMBF, they're scattered throughout the United States. Um, IMBA, PMBA, same thing. They're not really scattered as much as they once were, but um, they do have a large presence across the United States. Um, OCB, they're moving west and south. Unfortunately, a lot of their shows I'm seeing stacked on top of shows that already exist in cities, which to me... If you don't know the markets, like on my website, I can tell where there's too many shows, right? So if you're looking to expand, I don't care what organization you are. I don't care what promoter you are working under any organization on the natural circuit. Please, if you already have three shows, don't add a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth one in the same city. No. Um, Find a different area. Find a new city that's within two to three hours. Now, people are floored. Carolyn, Desiree, you and I know this. It's not uncommon to drive up to eight hours in the Midwest to do a show. That's right. But people in other areas in parts of the country look at me like, I'm crazy. Are you serious? Like, yeah, we have shows all over the place, but it's not uncommon for us to drive five to eight hours to go do a show and drive home on Sunday. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the most I would ever drive is, it, you know, an hour or two. Oh, wow. Um, so really there are different reasons across different parts of the country that have a different type of mentality in the natural bodybuilding circuit. And unless you experience it, you might not understand that. So if you're an athlete and you want to compete in your hometown, great, go for it. If you want to compete across the country, save up your money, go for it. If you want to do a show back-to-back, go do it. There's nothing that's stopping you. You can do as many or as little shows as you want. Of course, if you have a coach, you got to kind of work that out with them because some of them have different philosophies. But, um, yeah, don't ever think that you are limited to the organization that has a show in your town. Don't ever think that you are limited to just one category because, believe it or not, the different organizations have different looks for the same category. Some of them, say, for figure, for example, 
some of them just want an outline of muscle with some separation. Others' figure is rock hard, solid, muscular, and will have straight up cuts in your quads if you want to win. And you better have hard of. So, you know, not only do you have the options and opportunities that are out there, but if you like a personal look for a category, find the organization that fits the look that you like. Don't go in rock hard to the DFAC and figure, because you're not going to win. You might be able to get away with it in NAMBF, or the ITE, but you're not going to win a DFAC show coming in completely shredded for figure. It's two different looks, even though it's the same category. So you have to educate yourself as a consumer and your category. And if you like to have fun and you have the extra money, try some of the alternative ones that aren't pro card winners and really enjoy the experience. That's my take. Yep. No doubt. And it's a good take because, you know, Kayla and I are always saying, folks, do your homework. And if you're trying to figure out, well, how in the heck, because Andrea just rattled off 20 organizations, how do I do my homework on all of those things? And for those of you who are trying to take notes and couldn't keep up, well, hey, you can listen to the show again because it will be in the archive. Or you can visit Andrea's website at drugfreeathleticphysiques.org. And she's got links and all sorts of details on that site that are readily available for you to click on and check it out. So if you go to drugfreeathleticphysiques.org, that's all one word, D-R-U-G-F-R-E-E-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-P-H-Y-S-I-Q-U-E-S.org, and you click on the Natty Org Info and Website Link in the navigation, she's got all of the major natural organizations in the U.S. Some of them do have international ties um, where you can just go straight to their website. She's also got outlined what it takes to register with their organization, if they are amateur, if they are pros, all of that great stuff. And she has lists pretty much You know, every might be a stretch, but it's darn close. Pretty much every um, amateur and pro natural show in the States that is publicly, that is public knowledge listed on her site. Now, she doesn't have all 2019 dates up yet. Those are still coming. Not everyone has posted their dates, but she has a start. So check it out. Um, Andrea, we've got like two minutes left. And, yeah, guys, we can post the uh, link to her website on the uh, P4P Real Talk with Desiree Kalen Facebook page and also Midwest Muscle. Um, but, uh, Andrea, in our short, our minute and 45 seconds we have left, is there anything we have missed? No. Uh, I will be changing the look of it a little bit. Um I'm going to break it down a little bit more so you can search by month. Um, It'll be a little bit easier to review on mobile. I don't charge promoters. I don't charge organizations. It's all a free service. Uh, But I do want to add some resources for promoters because promoters sometimes need backups as far as um, painters. They need makeup artists. They need... um, all different kinds of things. So if you are in that realm, please either reach out to Desiree or Kaylin so that they can send me that information and I'll add it, or you can contact me on Facebook and I'll add it that way too once I um, finish getting this loaded up. But I've had a great time talking with you guys. We could always talk for hours. But, uh, yeah, as more dates come out, I'll add it. All right. Well, you know, we always miss you. It's been far too long. We'll have to do this again in the new year. KP, final thoughts from you? Uh, Gabby loves Snickerdoodle. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby well, you loves go on with your bad says, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag butter on those biscuits. 
Um, on behalf of Andrea, myself, KP, the boys from P4P Muscle, we will be talking to you in the new year. So be safe, be blessed. Your body is a temple, so let's build it. Woohoo!